Welcome to Storytime with Kurt. In each episode, I'd like you to sit back, relax, and just chill out while I read Tom Swift and His Electric Runabout by Victor Appleton. Tom Swift, Book 5, Tom Swift and His Electric Runabout. Chapter 1, Tom Hopes for a Prize. Father, exclaimed Tom Swift, looking up from a paper he was reading, I think I can win that prize. Well, what prize is that? inquired the aged inventor. Now, before I even go on, aged inventor is what they call Tom Swift's dad almost every chapter. I think the last book had 25 chapters. I swear 23 of them called him an aged inventor. So, it's going to be a running thing. What prize is that? inquired the aged inventor, gazing away from a drawing of the complicated machine and pausing in his task of making some intricate calculations. You don't mean to say, Tom, that you're going to have a try for a government prize for a submarine after all. No, not a submarine prize, Dad, asked, and the youth laughed. Though our advance would take the prize away from almost any other underwater boat, I imagine. No, it's, it's another prize I'm thinking about. Well, what do you mean? Well, I see by this paper that the Touring Club of America has offered $3,000 for the speediest electric car. The tests are to come off this fall on a new and specially built track on Long Island. And it's to be an endurance contest for 24 hours, or a race for distance. They, they haven't decided yet. But I'm going to have a try for it, Dad. And besides winning the prize, I think I'll take Andy Foger down a peg. Well, what's Andy been doing now? Oh, nothing more than usual. He's always mean and looking for a chance to make trouble for me, but I didn't refer to anything special. He has a new auto, you know, and he boasts that it's the fastest one in the country. I'll show him that it isn't, and for I'm going to win this prize with the speediest car on the road. But, Tom, you haven't any automobile, you know. And Mr. Swift looks anxiously at his son, who was smiling confidently. You can't be going to make your motorcycle into an auto, are you? No, Dad. Then how are you going to take part in the prize contest? Besides, electric cars, as far as I know, aren't specially speedy. I know it, and one reason why this club has arranged the contest is to improve the quality of electric automobiles. I'm going to build an electric runabout, Dad. An electric runabout? But it will have to be operated with a storage battery, Tom, and you haven't... I guess you're going to say I haven't any storage battery, Dad, interrupted Mr. Swift's son. Well, I haven't yet, but I'm going to have one. And I've been working on... Oh, ho, ho, exclaimed the aged inventor with a laugh. So that's what you've been tinkering over these last few weeks, eh, Tom? I suspected it was some new invention, but I didn't suppose it was that. Well, how are you coming on with it? Pretty good, I think. I've got a new idea for a battery, and I've made an experimental one. I gave it some pretty severe tests, and it works fine. But you haven't tried it out in a car yet, over rough roads and under severe conditions, have you? No, haven't had a chance. In fact, when I invented the battery, I had no idea of using it on a car. I thought I might answer for commercial purposes or for storing a current generated by windmills. But when I read that account in the paper of the touring club offering a prize for the best electric car, 
It occurred to me that I might put my battery into an auto and win. Hmm, remarked Mr. Swift musingly. I don't take much, much stock in electric autos, Tom. Gasoline seems to be the best, or perhaps steam generated by gasoline. I'm afraid you'll be disappointed. All the electric runabouts I ever saw, while they were very nice cars, didn't seem able to go so very fast or very far. That's true, but it's because they didn't have the right kind of battery. You know, an electric locomotive can make pretty good speed, Dad. Over a 100 miles an hour in tests. Yes, but they don't run by storage batteries. They have a third rail and powerful motors, and Mr. Swift looked quizzically at his son. He loved to argue with him, for he said it made Tom think, and often the two would thus thresh out some naughty point of an invention to the interests of both. Of course, Dad, there's a good deal of theory in what I'm thinking, the lad admitted, but it does seem to me that if you put the right kind of battery into an automobile, it could scoot along pretty lively. Look what speed a trolley car can make. Yes, Tom, but there again, they get their power from an overhead wire. Some of them don't. There's a new storage battery being invented by a New Jersey man, which does as well as the third rail or the overhead wire. It was after reading about his battery that I thought of a plan for mine. It isn't anything like his, perhaps not as good in some ways, but for what I want, it's better in some respects, I think. For one thing, it can be recharged very quickly. Now, Tom, look here, said Mr. Swift earnestly, laying aside his papers and coming over to where his son sat. You know I never interfere with your inventions. In fact, uh, the more you think of the, of, the better I like it. The airship you helped build certainly did all that could be desired, and that reminds me. Mr. Sharp and Mr. Damon are out in it now, interrupted Tom. They ought to be back soon. Yes, Dad, the airship Red Cloud certainly scooted along. And the submarine, too, continued the aged inventor. Your ideas regarding that were service to me and helped in our task of recovering the treasure. But I'm afraid you're going to be disappointed in the storage battery. You may get it to work, but I don't believe that you can make it powerful enough to attain any great speed. Why don't you confine yourself to making a battery for stationary works? Because, Dad, I believe I can build a speedy car and I'm going to try it. Besides, if I want to race Andy Foger and beat him, even if I don't win the prize, I'm going to build that car and it'll make fast time. Well, go ahead, Tom, responded his father after a pause. Of course, you can use the shops here as much as you want, and Mr. Sharp, Mr. Jackson, and I will help you all we can. Only, don't be disappointed, that's all. I won't, Dad. Suppose you come out to my shop and I'll show you the sample battery I've been testing for the last week. I have it geared to a small motor and it's been running steadily for some time. I want to see what sort of a record it's made. Father and son crossed the yard and entered a shop which the lad had considered exclusively his own. There he made many inventions and many machines and pieces of apparatus and had invented a number of articles which had been in been patented and yielded him considerable of an income there's the battery dad he said pointing to a complicated mechanism in one corner what's that buzzing noise asked mr swift that's the little motor i run from the new cells look here and tom switched on an electric light above the experimental battery from which he had hoped so much 
It consisted of a steel can about the size of the square gallon tin in which maple syrup comes, and from it ran two wires which were attached to a small motor that was industriously whirring away. Tom looked at registering at a registering gauge connected with it. That's pretty good, remarked the young inventor. What is it, Tom? And his father peered about the shop. Why, this motor has run an equivalent of 200 miles on one charging of the battery. That's much better than I expected. I thought if I got 100 out of it, I'd be doing well. Dad, I believe after I improve my battery a bit, that I'll have the very thing I want. I'll install a set of them in a car, and it'll go like the wind. I'll... Tom's enthusiastic remarks were suddenly interrupted by a low, rumbling sound. Thunder! exclaimed Mr. Swift. The storm is coming, and Mr. Sharp and Mr. Damon in the airship. Hardly had he spoken than there sounded a crash on the roof of the Swift house, not far away. At the time, at the same time, there came cries of distress, and the crash was repeated. Come on, Dad, something's happened, yelled Tom, dashing from the shop, followed by his parent. They found themselves in the midst of a rainstorm as they raced toward the house, on the roof of which the smashing noise was again heard. End of chapter one. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Storytime with Kurt. You can subscribe to the podcast by going to anchor.fm slash storytimewithkurt. If you want to stay up to date with all the recordings moving forward, you can catch the live recordings on twitch.tv slash vo by Kurt or follow me on Twitter at vo by Kurt. And that's Kurt spelled with a K. If you have suggestions for future books, please send me an email at kurt at storytimewithkurt.com. See you next time.